we're all kind of in the same boat and we're all in it together. So, you know, building each other up and everything is way better than people being competitive towards one another. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Hey, Karen, we got an absolutely awesome five-star review on Apple uh, Podcast, didn't we? Yes, um, it is by Liz Har. Uh, she writes, inspirational. I am an amateur eventer, long-time equestrian, and a high school animal science instructor. Your podcast keeps me going and keeps things in perspective. I am developing an equine management curriculum in Chester County, PA for high school students, and I'm trying to get my school to purchase the USPC horse management curriculum so that my students are prepared with the knowledge to work with the top professionals in our area. Your podcasts give me such wonderful motivational tidbits to share with my students and inspire me to keep after my riding goals, even with so many other things going on. Sorry for the lengthy review, but I can't say enough. Keep up the great work. Oh, we love it. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for, for expressing that. That is really wonderful. Yeah, sure is. Sounds like she's doing some pretty good work over there in PA. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds great. So listen, Liz, maybe shoot us an email at majorleagueeventing at gmail.com and um, you know, tell us what you're trying to put together with Pony Club. Maybe we can help reach out to Pony Club and you know, use the power of podcast <laughs> to see if Pony Club can work with you guys a little bit. So um, we really, really appreciate that review and mm-hmm. you, you taking the time to write that out. And uh, we, we really appreciate that. It means a lot to us, doesn't it? It sure does. So thank you yep, very thank much, you. Liz. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Renegade Equestrian, for sponsoring this episode of the Major League Event Podcast. Mm-hmm. Karen, Christmas is coming. Hanukkah is coming. The holidays are coming. People need gifts. What better gift? Uh, this is absolutely perfect. Uh, I went to a local show. Uh, it was actually in the 20s. 20s. Ugh. For frozen. And you know me. If it's 90 degrees out, I'm still under a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually the warmest person there. Awesome. Um, everyone's all bundled up and uh, hats and scarves and gloves and everything and they were still freezing and I was actually nice and toasty awesome Um, easy to get in and out I had my boots on kept them on the whole time and didn't have to worry about getting anything stuck in Velcro because it's actually magnetic pretty cool it was really cool a lot of people loved it awesome awesome so listen, get on RunningCodeEquestrian.com, use promo code MLE40 to save 40 bucks. That's big bucks. Mm-hmm. 40 big bucks. So MLE40 to save some dinero, Karen. Yes. As I like to say. Yes. So, <laughs> guys, thanks again to RunningCodeEquestrian. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. So as everyone's been listening, we've been promoting the Bringing Safety to the Forefront Clinic. Put together, it's a collabo. Collabo, Karen. Right? Mm-hmm. With yes. With uh, Danny Warrington, uh, Land Safe Equestrian, Buck Davidson, get a cross country lesson. A couple of them. A couple, couple of them. And dinner cooked, cooked by, by Buck. Chef Buck. Yeah. And um, Mike Pilato. Mike Pilato going to put together the, the, the physical training stuff. So if you want to learn more about this, you can listen back to the Danny Warrington interview we just did in the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up by going on landstafeequestrian.com. Sign up there or Karen now mm-hmm. available on eventclinics.com. On eventclinics.com. Awesome. So get on out there, guys. Get your safety on. Looks like it's going to be a good time. So another good holiday gift, Karen. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You might have to wait to open that present, but it's only a couple of days. You get it and then you go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And on today's Major League of Many podcast, Karen. We have eventer mm-hmm. Jenny Karras. Woo. Jenny, thank you very much Welcome. for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're uh, we're very excited to have you. The um, we, we always like to find. Uh, you know what's funny, Karen? Hmm. We this is Jenny. What's this? Our third time, our third attempt at getting <laughs> finally getting the interview in. Yes. <laughs> so, so we are ten. We we uh, yeah. You you on your end you had like a a horse uh, emergency the the first time we tried before Fair Hill, 
And then, <laughs> and then we had no internet. We lost our internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> we can't record anything with internet. So here we are, third time's a charm. And I believe in fate, like happens for a reason. So I believe that we are meant to do this podcast tonight. So it's going to be awesome, Jenny. Thank you so much for sticking with us and, and being on. So, uh, hey, where are you coming to us from right now? I am in Opelika, Alabama at Lindsay Lanier's beautiful Flint Hill Farm. Wow. Um, I'm here for the rest of November and December. She's nice enough to let me come and stay. And I've known her for years and years and years. So we're doing some catch up. And That's cool. Are horses on holiday or are you working horses right now? I'm working horses right now. My two Fair Hill horses are on vacation, but I have, let's see, I have four more here that are in work and then one that's away, hopefully getting sold at the moment. And <laughs> fingers crossed for that, so let's not jinx it him. Otherwise, <laughs> he might be coming back and I'll have five in work. And then <laughs> Lindsay has a few of her own, so we're just here ticking away and Living the dream. That sounds nice. What's the weather like down there in Alabama right now? Uh, it's pretty cold. Actually. Really? really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like thirty. It was like thirty-two degrees this morning. Oh, oh. oh that's water not. Water crops were frozen over. That's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what we had. Yeah, like, for us, I figured out. Alabama. <laughs> you should have just stayed up in PA. I I, but it did get up to like six sixty-five today, and there's. Uh. No snow on the ground. Oh, that's uh, better than us. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot better than us. We had like three or four inches yesterday. So what now? Uh, from here, do you go down to Aiken, or where are you so going? So from here, yes. Yeah, so from on January first, I have a barn rented in Aiken. So I will be going there in January, and then I'm actually trying to sell some horses to move overseas to work for carol g oh nice wow breaking news karen we need like a breaking news sounder is that breaking news are you breaking that on our show is that news uh it's kind of been in the grapevine but Uh, it uh well we're on the outside (laughs) (laughs) we're not on the inside so i I don't don't know if it's gonna work out yet but if if i could have my choice pipe dream and all this it would work out so wow still things to be figured out but oh well you put it out in the atmosphere now like you put it out on you put it out on the major a major major international podcast so it's happening it's happening it's got to (laughs) we get lots of listen we get lots of people listening in ireland so the way my uh life has been though it might change (laughs) is that right (laughs) yeah it's sort of been a work in progress but Working towards something now, so it's good. But that's cool. So if to go to go there would be to to just learn like the how Fern, the Fernhill program runs, or is that to just train to try to train and just do the the UK eventing scene? Pro- a little bit of both. I would hopefully take. Uh, I d- definitely want to take Fernhill Fortitude with me, and then one other. I have two two star horses at the moment, so I'd like to take one of them with me as well. To compete and try and get 40 to a four star, and then the other ones successfully moved up to advanced and three star, and then just ride for Carol, learn the business, um, be over there in the mecca of it all. I mean, I know Ireland's a little bit removed, but um, yeah, I have a really good relationship with Carol. Um, I met her through Julie Richards, and you know, she's always been a big supporter of mine, and obviously, I love her horses because it's all I ride. Yeah. Really, at the moment, um, and I haven't had a bad one from her yet. So she's definitely someone cool to learn from. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, one thing we like to do is uh, find out about your story. So, how did young Jenny start riding? Well, I think when I was like, my second birthday, my parents got me a petting zoo at their house and my family is not horsey they weren't um they have become that way because of me but they got me a petting zoo and they brought a pony and had pony rides and i remember like sitting on that pony and mom tells me about it too like i wouldn't let anybody else 
get on the horse. Like I, every time they try to take me off, I'd like start screaming or something. Which sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where I started. And then we used to ride our bikes kind of at this, you know, a bike trail in Marietta where I grew up. And there was um, a riding school that was there. And I always asked to go see the horses and my mom said okay well you can go see them and but you can't start riding until you're six or something like that or and i was like three and a half oh my goodness the time. And, and, uh, anyway we went up to see a horse one day and my first trainer kathy stevenson was there and we were petting the horses and my, i just said mom like you know ask her about ask her about lessons and mom was like <laughs> she looks at kathy and she goes so Jenny's like three and a half, and she's too young for lessons, right? Like, she needs to be like five or six, right? And Miss Kelly looks at her and goes, no, no, I have a perfect pony for her. So that was the, uh, like, mom couldn't tell me no at that point. So That's all. She didn't quit. Started riding in a riding school with her, and I was with her until I was 12. And I didn't own my own horse. My mom and dad they leased me a thoroughbred mare from her like when i was maybe like 10 so i had a full lease on this horse out of her farm and then finally like one christmas i was looking through the practical horseman magazine and saw an advertisement for one of the o'connor eventing camps that they used to do in ocala yeah and so i like pulled that out of the magazine and took it to mom and said like this is what i want for Christmas, I like to go to this camp, and she kind of like looks at me, like, <laughs> "Oh, we have to see if you know Miss Kathy will let us take Gwen, like the horse and stuff like that." So we all worked, we worked it all out, and got down there, and I was riding, and I think like I'm pretty sure Karen made me cry like every day coming from the riding school. Like I was like one of the better riders at this riding school, which I done beginner novice maybe at that point and at schooling horse trials and i go down there and i'm with you know there with all these top class riders i was way out of my league um anyway i learned a lot and it was great and um you know my mom was talking to david and you know, so we, look, we, like we haven't wanted to get her horse because we don't think she's going to stick with it. And we think, she, you know, it's just a phase and everything. And I remember David looking at my mom and saying, I understand that, like, she's sort of just been going around in an arena for all these years and hasn't really been able to go cross country schooling that much and, like, do all these things. And mom's like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, well, if she hasn't quit by now, she's not going to quit. So I would probably buy her a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we came home and we did. My parents bought me Gwen and um, started going to horse trials, um, recognized shows. And, you know, the rest was kind of history. Wow. Did you continue? So I have have David O'Connor and Karen to thank (laughs) for getting my parents to buy me a horse, really. Did you continue to ride with those guys or was that just kind of like the one time you trained with them? Well, so I went to a few camps um, with them. Like, I went to the winter camp for a while, and I went to one summer camp in Virginia. So I did that. I think I went to three winter camps and one summer camp. So, But that was kind of it. And then fast forward to um, the first few years that I was on – that the under-25 training list came out. They started that when David was the coach. And he used to be the coach of the under-25 list before Leslie – um, took it over. Mm-hmm. And so I trained with him a bit then also. And so I think every time Karen comment commentates on live streams or something, she always brings up the fact that I came through their O'Connor camps. <laughs> I think that's all. I think that's fantastic. I remember we ran into Karen O'Connor once and she was telling us like, she was having like the campers are like washing dishes and in the house and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Saying? That's what she <laughs> said. Yeah. Like, sounds like it's more than just a horse camp. Were you washing dishes in Karen's house when, Horse I, don't, I don't think I ever did that. I, I probably, I don't like to wash dishes very much. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's, think I, 
That was me. That might have been before me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was. It was like this summer we yeah, saw. I don't know. Maybe. Summer. Maybe I got the story wrong. But I was like, wow, these kids are. They're working. <laughs> well, maybe I went at the right time. <laughs> right. Yeah, <maybe>. right. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, you mentioned the under twenty five. So you're. How long have you been on the under twenty five program? So I think the first year. I think the first year that it came about was 2013 and that was that was the first year they put it into place and so that first year I got named as the reserve okay for that and ended up being able to go because I think Kendall Tracy sold her horse that she was named to the list on so I was able to go that year so every year since 2013 or whichever the first year was I've been on it so it's been a few years wow. I was 16. At the time. Wow. wow. How old are you now? 20. I just, I turned 23 in August. Oh, so you still have, are, are you still applying to be on the program? Yes, I am. Awesome. I think it's a great program and it's done a ton for my riding and David and when, you know, when David was the coach of it and now Leslie, like they have been huge assets to my career and like more than just the training, it's being able to bounce ideas off of them and, you know, see other programs and just be able to call them up and they truly have your best interest at heart, no matter, you know, what. So it's, um, I think it's a great, great thing and I will do it as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we met Leslie for the first time over the winter, right, Karen? Yeah. In January. And isn't he, he is awesome. He really mm-hmm. is, uh, like perfect for that program. Now we, we saw him with the under 18s, but, yep. um, I'd imagine it's he's the same guy. I don't think he's changing gears no. between the 18s and no. the 25s. And, but he's just he, – he's uh, he's a great coach. It's, uh, it's no, awesome. No, he, he's a great coach. And he – you know, we all make mistakes. That's how you learn. And um, I think sometimes in that atmosphere, it's really easy to get nervous if you make a mistake and worried about it. And, you know, he is so just – even keeled like it, it doesn't bother him and it you know that's what you want in a coach is like somebody that can just you know their mood's the same all the time if you make a mistake it doesn't bother them and then you can just learn from it and move on and you don't have to get worked up and worried about it or um or and in that way like you don't have to be afraid of making a mistake mm-hmm. and for me that is huge um because i you know, I've sought out help of the sports psychologist Abigail Lufkin because I, I, my head game really affects me. And yeah. so having a coach that I feel comfortable around and don't feel like I have to ride 100% or be 100% all the time because I know that I have things to, to learn still, um, it, it's a big, big deal for me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that, as far as I can tell, Karen, I mean, that's, I think, I think most people, if they boil it down, I think m- more riders would say their head game is yeah. the hardest part of the game. What, what can, um, when did you start that? Can you talk about that? Do you feel comfortable talking about that? Like, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like I, I used to be actually kind of embarrassed about it, but the more that I've talked to Abigail and, um, I think the stronger head game, like I think everybody, like if it, if my story can help somebody, like I'm totally happy to share. So, um, pretty much, uh, what happened to me, I'd always been a little bit of an insecure person and very much, you know, at, at the end of the day, like everybody's worried about themselves kind of, and no one, you know, if you have a bad result, people remember your good results. They don't tend to dwell on the bad results, but mm-hmm. us, for me as a perfectionist, I always, would dwell on the bad results. So I went to Kentucky with Fernhill Fortitude um, in 2000, what, six, 17, last year, um, 17, and got, did a personal best dressage test, got three quarters of the way around the cross country, and it was sort of the best round that I've ever had in my life. And then all of a sudden, like, I could tell he was getting tired, and he just wasn't quite right. So 
I ended up having two stops and then retiring on him and not really like that was, it was my first four star attempt. I kind of went in there with the mindset of like, I am going to knock this out of the park because I need to prove myself to people and to everybody and to myself, to my parents and everything like that. And, you know, I got him back to the stall and, you know, this is everything I've been working for since before I actually really even knew what a four star was when I was still doing schooling shows. I didn't even own a horse. Like I knew I wanted to go to Rolex. I knew I wanted to ride on the team, whatever that meant at that time to me. So, um, I kind of needed a minute after, you know, this is my first attempt and it just completely was not the way that I thought it was going to happen. So I was sitting with him in a stall and he just started acting a little funny and the vets had already checked him over to make sure he was fine and everything like that. And he just started, he was like perking out and like doing some funny things. This is not like this horse. So I just had the vet call him, uh, come back. We ended up taking blood and he had tied up some kind of awfully like it was he'd never done he's never done it before and knock on wood he's never done it since and i feel fine talking about this because he's my horse and i'm never going to sell him so uh, <laughs> and and it just was i think a perfect storm for it like i don't think i had him fit enough at the time and everything like that so fast forward a few months to the first i think i'd run an intermediate on him and i took him to great meadow and I felt like I came out there and I was like, okay, I have got to prove myself. Like, until you didn't go well, this has got to go well. Like, I have to show people what I can do. And I went into the dressage and had a okay test. He was really good. And then went into the show jumping and he had jumped, he had warmed up perfectly. Like, the best he's ever warmed up. I went in and he had like the two out of the three first rails down just because, you know, he, when it's hot and the show jumping has been a little tricky for me. It's been a little tricky for him. I've had him since I was 16. So he's kind of learned to go no matter what and survival mode makes him not that careful and in the long run and that sort of thing. So then I completely, completely missed going into the triple and he stopped and the horse does not like stop. He doesn't know how. And I, I made that happen because I was just so wrong going into the triple and I came back around, finished the show jumping round. And I just thought to myself at that point, like I can't go cross country. Like what if I go out there and I have a stop? Mm-hmm. Like I will never come back from that. Like, and, and so I withdrew. And at the time I was training with Phil Dutton and he, you know, he saw me the next morning cause I didn't quite make the decision until, Really, I was supposed to start checking up to ride, but I, I walked the course that morning. I was just getting work, more and more worked up about it, and I, I didn't know. I knew it wasn't going to go well because I wasn't in the right headspace, and so I said, you know, I withdrew and everything. And so Philip saw me, and he's like, "You didn't think it was worth like just going around?" And I said, "I said no, like I'm scared." And it's not that I was scared to jump the jumps. I was scared to fail. Wow. Hmm. And in my mind, failing is having a 20. Like, at that moment, failing was having a 20. Wow. And I knew that you make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes. And that's one of the best ways to learn. Like, I knew all of that. But I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. And so he, I was driving home. And he, he sent me. He put me on a group text with Abigail. Left again and said, you know, I like Abigail. Like, can you please help Jenny? Like, you know, he's a young rider coming up to the levels. Like, and I think it could be beneficial. So I just started talking to her, and we talk, you know, every other week, every week. I kind of plan, you know, I do less in the off season, more if a big show is coming up, that sort of thing, and it's just become a process, and I. You know, every, people have asked me, like, oh, well, what does she say and all this stuff. And, and I can't tell you it's one thing that she says or doesn't say, but it's the conversations that we have. And it's made me realize it is a process. And um, to set goals for myself that are achievable and them not be, well, I want to go and show jump clear. Because sometimes 
you can ride a perfect round and not show jump clear. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have a live animal underneath you. And so if you put that pressure on yourself, sometimes it's just, it just, you're, you're setting yourself up for a letdown or, or you're putting too much on yourself. So we've worked on doing things that I can control. Like, you know, for the show jumping, it's what I use the most of because um, that's the phase that I have struggled with the most in my career is, you know, I want to go in and ride a really good rhythmical round, balanced turns, and be as accurate as I can be and have a good canter and, like, focus on everything that I need to produce the best round possible. And then sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't, but then I can go and reflect on, um, you know, after, like, if I say I go in and I have two rails down in the show jumping, well, I can say, well, you know, I really didn't have enough canter there, so I, I didn't achieve that goal. But I rode really good turns and, and focusing on good things and bad things and being productive in the criticism. I'm still allowed to be a perfectionist, but being productive in the way I do it rather than just yeah. beating myself yeah. down and saying I'm never going to be good enough. It sounds um, like you were letting it cripple you. You were being crippled yeah. by it. Yeah, I was. Like, I mean, it made me scared to compete. It made me scared to go in and it wasn't fun. It got to the point where it just was not fun because, sure. I mean, how can it be when you're afraid to fail, right. you know? And, um, I mean, now I, I've, I'm not saying I'm completely over it and fixed. I still care. I, I have always cared about the results, but it's picking shows that I want to be competitive in. And last year, I made a plan um, that I would not go back to Rolex or Kentucky Land Rover um, because I had done Kentucky and then I went to Fairhill and I just had a miscommunication with 40 at the one of the last tables on the course um, because I was too focused on going double clear and I fell. And so I, I made the decision not to go back to Kentucky, but to, say, you know, look, I'm going to go try and win, win Bromont. Pretty sorry. I'd already done it. Um, and that was my goal. And so from Christmas last year or Fairhill last year to Bromont in the spring, my one goal with 40, everything was built towards winning that event. And kind of in the back of my head, I was like, I've never won even a beginner novice on this horse. I never won <laughs> a, any event on that horse. And I was like, I don't know that this is going to happen, but this is what I'm going for. Like, I'm going to do it. And if I'm just, but this is how I'm going to win is I'm going to get the flat down a couple points. I'm going to go clean and fast on cross country and I'm going to ride as best in the show jumping as I can. And either it comes off or it doesn't. And I got to Bromont and I mean, it, it happened. so I mean you know I think a lot of it was a mental game I went into the show jumping in second place and two or three weeks before I was at Jersey Fresh going into the show jumping in first and I had two rails down but you know it was a it was a solid round um it wasn't a huge mistake in there it just was a two rail round and the rails could have just as easily stayed up or not and they came down and and that's fine um but I had the confidence of knowing at Bromont that I could ride a good round and I just had to do that. And if the rail stayed up, they did. And if they didn't, then there'd be another day. And that day they stayed up. That's really <laughs> awesome too. And, and uh, what that must've done for you to know that like you your your bugaboo, the show jumping round was yeah. what you held it together and pulled it out, man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I still really can't believe it, but <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that because, you know, like, like I said, I think there's, I think more riders quit because of what's between their ears, you know, yeah. holding them back than, you know, in their nerves and, and, you and they know. think they're the only ones with the problem. Yeah. 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 So. And I mean, I have struggled with actually being scared of jumping the cross country jumps and that sort of thing. I mean, my fall at Fairhill and the, uh, the fall that I had off of 40 at Fairhill last year, it was a terror, like, it was a, really bad fall thankfully neither of us were hurt but i watched the video and i mean it was it was bad and i'm not some person that wants to go out and hurt myself all the time you sure. know so yeah. i just 
um, Abigail helped me with that. And she's just been like the, you know, there's so many people in my life that I've been fortunate to have in my career so far to help me. And I mean, she is, she has been a huge, huge one. And I've only really been talking to her for a year and a half now. And, um, you know, it's definitely one part of my program that I could not do without. Thank God for her. And who, how about that? Yeah, like you're telling a story and you're saying that Philip, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we don't know Philip personally really, mm-hmm. but I would have, I don't know. I just never would have thought of Philip being the type of guy that would, uh, would believe in, you know, sports psychologists. I don't know. He just seems like he just ice runs in his veins and that's just everyone should, you know, I don't know. So yeah. I, I, thank God he, uh, he did that. That's awesome. Man. Well, and I mean, he, He's known me since I was 12. So, I mean, I think he, um, or 14 or something like that. I mean, I've, I knew Philip for a long time. So, um, I think he knew that there was always, you know, he, he had joked with me a couple of times before, like, oh, we need to get you a sports psychologist. And I just kind of, I didn't know if I really believed in it or not. And then it got to the point, basically, I hit rock bottom with it and I was like, well, it's not going to hurt yeah. now, so I might as well try it. And I mean, it's, I look forward to the calls from her every week. And even if we really don't talk about the horses, it's still something that helps me. And, you know, like I talked to her about all sorts of stuff and <sighs> it's just helping me as a person and be more confident in myself and what I'm doing and not being afraid to do the wrong thing as far as riding goes. And, you know, sometimes learning is figuring out what doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, I think that's awesome. No. And, and I mean, there's plenty of people that have helped me with that also. You know, I just, they don't have an hour every week to spend on the yeah. phone. <laughs> to me, so. we, we were talking about, we, we were, you know, just, just, uh, this past week on Facebook, you put up that like Matt Brown, you were staying at his place while you were going through Farrell and, and, uh, he, he mentioned a, I don't know if it was Matt or Cecily, but uh, one of them mentioned the Chopwood Carry Water book. And um, yeah. how, how, now, because of you, I mean, so because of Matt and because of their recommendation to you and, and you doing that, then I listened to the audio book and I thought that was fantastic. I, I don't read books, Jenny. So <laughs> I got the audio book. He listens. I listens. I'm a very, a very good listener. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, my wife, my wife says that. What'd you say, Karen? But, uh, yeah, so, so that book is awesome too. And, and is that, is that, is that similar stuff or is that kind of a different take than what you're getting with the psychologist? I mean, it's, it's all the same. And I think it's all working towards the same thing. Um, and, you know, different people say things different ways and it all helps. So, yeah, we were sitting at dinner and, I was talking to Matt and about Matt and Cecily about talking to Abigail and, and that sort of thing. And he's like, I have a book for you to read. And the next day he just brought it to the barn that I was in and, and like just hit, you know, put it, put it there at the front of the barn. Cause he got there before I did. And I arrived that day and sat there. So I did my morning chores and then I was just like, okay, well this is interesting. And I just flipped through the book and I read the first six pages and I texted him and I said, I love this book. And he said, and he texted me back and said something like, "Use that excitement to keep reading," because <laughs> because I'm not a reader either. <laughs> this book, like, I was like, I liked that it was like 120 pages, which is like kind of within my realm. Yeah. <laughs> you're not reading. You're not reading the <laughs> Hobbit. Probably right? on like a third grade reading level. <laughs> too big for me. And, um, no, it, I don't know, like. There's some stories in it. Like I, if to me, it's a book that I could read probably 50 times and learn something new each time. Yes. You know, like I think there's so much wisdom in it, just in everyday life, no matter what you do or are doing, like whether it's horses or cleaning the house or like it, it helps you find joy in doing things that you really don't like to do. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't know, like. I th- I thought it was good too. I don't know. I liked it. I thought I I definitely saw how it could, could relate with the horses, as in you know, in the competitive side of things, and just working yeah. on yourself and doing the best you can, and 
And um, yeah, so yeah, so for I mean, for everybody listening, it's basically this story of a a guy who wants to train and be a samurai archer, and he has a sensei that goes through the book, and he as he's training to become a samurai archer, he learns all these valuable lessons with patience and you know falling in love with the process, and so it. It's a good story. It's not just people spitting words like this is what you need to do. Yeah. There's a story behind it, and it it makes it fun and interesting to read. And I mean, for me, I I found myself almost reading it too fast and not letting everything sink in. And so I like one day I read like 50 pages or something, and I was like, well, I can't. Like I know that there was way more life lessons in there that I'm than I'm remembering. And so I just broke it down and started reading a chapter at night in the chapter when I woke up in the morning wow. and um, trying to, you know, implement what I learned, you know, the night and the morning into my next day and then build on it. So, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, I just listened to it in two and a half hours. <laughs> I, yeah. I breezed right through. I was so proud of myself. You know, it's funny. It, people who haven't read the book yet, they're probably going to, I was the exact opposite. Like I was like, the, you know, I'm like, Jenny's going to be so proud of me how quick I finished the book. And then, and then and meanwhile, in the book, like the lessons are like, take your time and the patience is in the journey. And, and just you saying it just now, I just realized that like, I was that dumb guy that was in a rush and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to show everyone how good I am. I'm going to well, download it. listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, you're talking about taking it slow and implementing. I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I'm going to blow it. So I have to, have to listen to that again. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thank you so much for sharing. That yeah. is um that is some super stuff and I think the people that are listening are going to say, "Hey, yeah, I got some you know, some of those same issues and and maybe seek out someone they can talk to or read this book or or well, who knows, you know." Yeah, and I, I mean, I think a big the biggest thing is kind of realizing that like we're all kind of in the same boat and we're all in it together. So, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. You know, building each other up and everything is way better than people being competitive towards one another. I mean, I am a super competitive person. Don't get me wrong. I I want to win all the time, but it's not really feasible. And to me, I look at it as competing against myself now um, instead of competing against everybody else and just being the best that I can be and the horses as, as good as my horses can be on that day. And if it's good enough to win, then it's good enough to win. But I, you know... I mean, nobody wants anybody to do poorly, but it's just, you know, being as good as you can be on the day. And then it's easy to, you know, if you have a 20, well, or or a rail or, you know, not a great dressage test, it, it doesn't hit as hard. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I need to go back to the drawing board and work on this a little bit more, but that was the best I could do today. And it's not like, driving home from the horse show going you're a loser you suck like you're never gonna make it you know i mean mm-hmm. that's what i used to do to myself and mm. it's just not productive not and then you all. start to believe it because the more you tell yourself those things the more you believe it heck yeah yeah nah, no, so, no i bet you're sleeping uh, a lot better these days after shows uh, yes <laughs> i am that's awesome that's great jenny so switching gears a little bit that uh what's what's like um so, so today you went through all that, the under 25s that you, you touched on a little bit at the beginning of the mm-hmm. interview about, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at selling some horses and all, but what is like currently, what is Karis eventing? What are, are you, are you basically all, are you, do you take on sale horses or are these your horses you sell? Do you, what, what, what is your business? So anything and everything really, um, I really like teaching lessons and clinics. Um, I'm passionate about that. I'm a big believer and actually, like, I learn by teaching other people, you know. And so um, it kind of takes everything that I've learned and kind of, if you can look at it and say, oh, this is what would help, you know, it, it's just another layer of learning it, really. And so I like that. Um, I take in training horses to train for people and sell and you know, right now I'm sort of in that hard place in anybody's career where, you know, I'm transitioning from being a young rider where my parents really supported me very heavily and my I didn't go to college. So they supported me for four years and said, you know, this is your college when I was a working student. And 
everything like that. And now I'm getting to the point where I, you know, need to make it a business. And so it's not all about just competing, 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 make a team, make a team, make a team. And I have to learn how to make money at it now. And um, (laughs) (laughs) how's that going? Is that, is that, is that tough? (laughs) (laughs) Did you find a coach for that? (laughs) Cause you can't just snap your fingers and, um, and make money at it. So right now I'm sort of doing anything and everything and trying to find my niche. I know I'm, I know that I'm good at training young horses and producing them and, you know, to the upper levels. Um, I've done it multiple times. All my horses that I have now I've produced. And, um, so I was just trying to find my biggest strengths and, and find a way that I can use it to, to help other people as well as, make a living so um i mean i like all of it right now to be honest that's um, cool that's awesome so yeah. we get, get jenny get jenny for clinics that'd be awesome you sound like you would you know you, you, with your whole new perspective too i think it would mm-hmm. probably be a lot of people would probably really appreciate getting getting lessons with you how about do you are you a one-person operation or do you have working students or i've had working students in the past at the moment i'm alone um just because it's sort of worked out that way. So you like clean um, stalls and groom and yeah. everything for you to attack your own horses and everything. I do. And it keeps me busy. So for sure. <laughs> that, um, I have a working student coming in the winter to help me because with the shows and going to Bruce's field and Aiken and all that, you know, it's really just almost impossible to do by yourself with a number of horses that I'm trying to do it with. Um, but for the most part, I'm just trying to be as frugal as possible, sure. really. Yeah. And the most, but it, you know, I love, you know, having a working student showing people thing, you know, how, how, you know, showing people what I've learned and and that sort of thing and sharing, passing on knowledge and, you know, it helps. It helps having somebody to be around and and do the barn with you and stuff like that. I mean, I'm a big believer and you learn a lot about your horses not just by riding them, but working with them day in and day out. And, you know, I mean, you can learn something about your horse just by mucking a stall. So, um, uh, I think it all, all helps trying to be a, a horse woman, not just a rider. Um, and really like if the horses are happy and healthy and well taken care of, you know, it makes it so much easier for them to do their job and to stay sound doing their job. And, you know, as a as the rider, if if you work with them on the ground and you say, okay, I felt their leg today and this feels a little funny, or or you ride them and you say, okay, well he feels a little weak in the right hind, and then you can kind of just it it just all plays into each other. And I I think like usually when I have a working student, there are some exceptions, but I try to just not let it change my routine that much. Just let them help me like speed me along. A little gotcha. bit mm-hmm. too. So, um, you know, if there's more horses to ride, definitely like tacking and hosing off. But I, I think having a very close and personal relationship with all my horses is, is really important to me. And it's not something I'm really willing to give up. Yeah. That's great. Hmm. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool that you're saying that, you know, you're not, you're not like ashamed to say, Hey, yeah, uh, I'm on my own, you know, in clean stalls. I think a lot of people, you know, I don't, I don't, I think that, uh, there's a little bit of a status with having a big entourage of, <laughs> you know, yeah. workers and stuff. And, you know, not everybody's there, you know, so. No, well, and I mean, it kind of plays into my strengths a little bit. Like, I'm actually a very shy person, naturally. I've always have been and really reserved. And I think some people take that as me being standoffish and, you know everything but i I just i've always been that way i went to independent city high school to ride and and stuff like that so i i missed out on the big social aspects of high school and and that sort of thing and so being my one person show i get along with horses pretty well (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's actually easier did you like um like homeschool or something is that why you didn't have the the high school thing or yeah yeah um i went to Right, like normal uh, school through ninth grade, and then I missed like forty days of school in my second semester from competing. Oh wow! And, 
And because I was so busy competing and riding, I got sick a lot because I was just run down. Wow. And um, I, my sophomore year of high school, I talked my parents into letting me go to an independent study school. And I went in two days a week for like kind of tutoring for them to the teachers to help me with math, basically. And um, then I, I was like about 16 at the time, so I moved in uh, with Julie Richards and trained with her full time and, you know, did some work, did high school on my own. I taught myself algebra two and stuff like that. It was not fun. <laughs> and um, basically went into school to take tests and, and uh, that was it. Wow. So, do you regret that? Uh, like for, for other young people coming up do you, I actually, I actually, I do. Um, I do, but I think at the time it was best for me because I was not, I just really didn't fit in with the other school kids at school. Um, they all wanted to go to parties and to the football games and be on, you know, athletic teams and stuff like that. And, and I tried to juggle some of that for a little while and I just, I couldn't do it all. And I wasn't willing to let the horses suffer. I mean, what I would say is the horses will always be there. Um, and I think people told me that. But <laughs> I was just so focused on being as good as I could so young. And I mm -hmm. I think I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder at that point in time of like, oh, like I'm 16 and I'm going intermediate. Like, you know, I'm so good. And I think that's probably what came crashing down when, it, you know, if I had a 20 or some or had a mistake at a competition – I just wasn't – the whole thing was not set up to be that way. Gotcha. And so my whole family is very competitive too, and that doesn't help because you're trying to make <laughs> proud and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I do regret it. I, I think, you know, I look at my brother. He had a really good high school experience and, and stuff like that. Um, I think the way I did it has got me – closer to where I want to be now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a toughie. Well, you know, it's just, and I asked that question just because there are, I mean, you, you know, obviously, you know, you go, there's lots and lots of girls like you were at 16 that are, you know, they're basically full-time eventers. And, and I was just kind of curious, you come, yeah. you know, to ask and, and, uh, and, you know, we get it. So like our, our younger son, I mean, he, we made sure he stayed through high school. He didn't, yeah, we wanted him to go, but still, it was every day after school to the barn, road at night in the dark, you know, and and um, you know, but we what I it. would say is I do regret not going to college. Really, and I know that you can always go back, mm -hmm. um, but not that I want to do anything different <laughs> um, than what I'm doing now. It's just. Now a little bit, I almost don't feel like I have would have an option. Like I don't want to do anything different, but I gotcha. I don't have a college fund anymore because um, my brother went out of state and my parents used it for his college, <laughs> and, and they bought me a really nice horse with it too. Yeah. So, um, you know, a young horse, and I feel like if I was to go back, I'd be taking on all these loans and debt and stuff, and I. And I don't want to do anything else, so it doesn't make sense. But it, I yeah. feel like yeah. it would almost be a little bit of a security blanket to know that I had some other option if I couldn't make money doing this but just wanted to ride yeah. and have something else to like or could needed something else to help support it. Um, so I, I, do re I do regret that a little bit. And my thought process in not going to college is I don't do things halfway. And I figured that trying to do the horses and trying to do school, I'd end up doing both halfway and not be happy yeah. and not make great, good grades. Cause I like being a straight A student and <sighs> not, <laughs> you are tough on yourself, <laughs> <laughs> not doing what, you know, the horses need. And so that's why I decided not to go because I knew that if I had to pick one, I'd pick the horses and then grades would suffer and then to me there was no point in going if i wasn't yeah. going to go and take full advantage 
Well, there's always like, you can always, everyone's got online stuff now. Just take one class here, one class there. I know. It's I didn't really like school either. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all contradictory. I say that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah, nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. One thing we started is uh, we start doing a lightning round. Um, we we need to come up with a better name, though. We need a better name. If anyone has a better name for the lightning round, please email us at majorleagueeventing at gmail dot com. <laughs> 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 lightning round just doesn't do it justice. It's just too awesome to be just a lightning round. But so we're gonna we're gonna ask you five questions. Okay. Um. So you hard ready? hitters. Okay. Now, Jenny, <laughs> hunker down. If you have a if you have a little whiskey nearby, take a quick shot because this is you need it. You They're not that Karen's bad. Karen's tough. Karen's They're a toughie. Not bad. All right. You ready, Jenny? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Do you have any hobbies besides horses? Uh, I like doing yoga and I like to run. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, well, if you were not an eventer, what would you be? If I didn't ride, I think everybody's going to laugh, but I think I would like to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. So precise in your answer. A cardiothoracic <laughs> surgeon? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. Is that a heart surgeon? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> heart, lungs. Yeah, I, mean, wow. I don't really know it. My dad's a cardiologist, so um, my whole family's doctors. But okay. Oh, gotcha. okay. Disappointment that didn't go to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, your favorite event? Oh, Ooh. that is so hard. I don't know. Uh, hmm. Mm. Tough. I told you, tough questions. <laughs> That's really tough. Uh, I mean, I loved Kentucky when I was there. I love Bromont and Carolina as a as a CIC. Carolina International would be one of my favorites. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. All Very right. good answer. All right. If you could ride any horse, past or present, who would it be? Mm. You're top. I told you. <laughs> I didn't Jenny, think they were that. She's not nice. This oh, stop it! Terrible. The this one is that comes I- to mind. I always really loved um, that heavily Britannia mare. That Lucinda Frederickson. Oh, the little yeah. that's cool. Good answer. Yeah. Good, yeah, answer. good answer. Throwing a little, little something from Blaster in the Past. Well, and I think she won a bunch of four stars too. All right, last one. Do you have any good luck or superstition rituals before an event? So I have. Some, I like socks. Um, I had some like socks. I think from Shires that had fox heads on them <laughs> and i love those i called them my fox and socks and they got <laughs> holes in them this year so i traded them out for like on one of the foots it's like the head of a dog a wiener dog and on the <laughs> other foot it's like the body and the leg <laughs> put them together it looks like a wiener dog so those are my lucky socks now <laughs> oh that's awesome i love it that is some that is so that is why we ask these tough questions because Someday we're going to see we're going to see you out at a show someday, and you're going to have your little your little yeah, or dog. I think I just have them because, like, if I look at them when I don't have my when I'm putting my boots on to go across country, I always wear them cross country day. Like when I look, it makes me smile. Like it yeah, makes me yeah, it makes me happy. So it kind of just like I don't know. I don't know if it's good luck or just puts me in a good headspace. Yeah, but. I think that's I think that's super smart to find a little something that makes you just. You know, just uh, a little levity in the le- yeah in the yeah. minute. You know, something yeah. that makes you say, oh, "I'm not going to take myself just too too serious." Too seriously, yeah, and that's awesome. Exactly. And no one even knows when they're under your boots. It's just like an inside joke at that point in time. Exactly, that's pretty yeah. cool. I love it. I'm getting wiener dog socks, Karen. I'm getting wiener <laughs> socks. <I'll, laughs> birthday's coming well, up. Birthday's so. coming up. So does that conclude? That, that's that it. Concludes the that's lightning it. round. Yeah, it's just five questions. Five questions. So you survived. I survived. <laughs> you did. I wasn't so quick on the answers. No, no, you did good. That's good. And by the way, Rob did come up with the questions, though. So um, he he blames me. So, but who are you gonna who are you gonna believe, <laughs> Jenny? Who are you gonna believe? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right. So do you have any advice for young riders wanting to make it in this uh, sport? Oh, so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm still kind of there. I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say just, you know, it's so, I mean, the biggest thing is it's so easy to get competitive against other people and just, just worry about what you're doing and keep your head down and just, you know, just, just work hard and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, but if you work hard and you're good horsemen and women, like, I mean, what happens kind of happens, but it, you know, just, if you love it, do it and find a way to keep doing it sort of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think so. Per- absolutely. And you've given a lot and you've given a lot of advice to young riders in this interview all the way through. Yeah. So, hey, a question for you. You kind of uh-huh. mentioned. I, I know that's all I've been doing is asking questions. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off off the script and ask a question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, shocker. And I, I'm a, I'm a shy person too, Jenny. So I feel uh, for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I am shy, but I do have social shyness. I, I there, there's not. So I feel for you. Karen says, uh, Karen, I, 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 I appear that I'm not shy, but I actually am shy. I just. You compensate. I compensate. I push through, and and then I think people. I'm just the think, shy one. Of the Karen two. is shy, but I yeah. I look like I'm outgoing, but I really am tortured. But uh, so <laughs> so. But question for so you said, hey, look now, you know, you're you're trying to start the business and kind of learn a bit. Do you have somebody like how do you are? Have you had anyone like mentor you in running a business, like the business side of things, or are you still figuring that out, or? Hmm. um i I mean i try to learn something from everybody um and you know like i said earlier kind of like learn what i don't like and what i wouldn't do is just as much as learning about things that i do like so um every trainer i've ever ridden with i try to learn something from and but um i mean i wouldn't say that there's you know i spent the most most of my career training with philip dutton and um especially with the most recent part. And so his business is a, has been a big part. Um, his business, I feel, is so catered around com- competing. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe if I had met him when he was starting out, it might have been a bit different. So gotcha. I kind of know where I want to get to, and um, it's just finding a way to get there a little bit. So, gotcha. yes and no. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, but the reason I say that is I wonder, you know, I want to, this is just shooting outside of boxes, but, you know, I think that maybe as an event community, we might want to start trying to compile some sort of resources for the young up and coming professional that's going out on their own like you. And, and, um, that's a mission. Yeah. I'm going to try to start working on that, Karen. I'm going to compile business help. Okay. That's yeah. Be a major I mean, I league platform. A good, really good idea. So. Look out for that. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. It just came to me. But. I mean, the only kind of advice I've had is don't turn down business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But, that, that, well, that, that's good business, but it yeah. doesn't tell you how to run a business, how to account no. and bookkeep and be oh, legal no. and, 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 you know, all that stuff. So, no, so I'm hey. very uh, grateful. My mom kind of helps me do all the bookkeeping side and then my brother um, helps me do all my social media presence and sponsors and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And speaking of sponsors, you, you've been doing a really great job of, of, of putting some value back in your sponsors. And I love that. And, and something that we try to do at the end of every one of our podcasts is we try to give you the platform to recognize your sponsors and, um, you know, give them a shout out. And if you have anything, you know, whatever you want to say about your sponsors, we're, it's, um, we'll give you the platform so you can recognize those guys because we know how important they are to, to, to keeping your, your business going. Yeah. No, my, um, you know, my sponsors, first, I want to thank, um, my owners and the people that support me. Like, number one, they've been supporting me my whole life, my parents and, um, Elise Eisenberg and her husband Phil, um, own a horse for me and they're great. And then um, Philip and Kimberly Underwood, 
they um, own a couple horses for me and have helped me sort of start kickstart my sales business and buying horses to resell. And then um, Callie, Chris, and Lloyd Mitchell, um, you know, they own parts of 40 and, and stuff like that. So first and foremost, like, thank you to them and um, for supporting me with horses. And then, um, you know, the other sponsors, um, I'm sponsored by Devaku Saddles. I think they were my first first um sponsor ever and i think that was back in 2012 so it's been a long partnership um i love them they're great they're easy to work with uh in the mdc stirrups uh magica keep boots and then furlong uh furlong's healthy horse and brendan furlong um i think they're a big sponsor of the prelim to pro but they were i think also one of my first sponsors and they've been with me from the very beginning. Um, I'm sponsored by Hearts for Horses, which is a treat company. And my horses, I think that's probably their favorite sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Echo Gold and Castile Denmark. Um, they have all sort of jumped on board. And I mean, I can't say enough good things about all these products. I'm actually very picky and who I choose to represent and because I don't want to be in a position where I'm representing a company I don't believe in because, you know, that's not good for anybody. Right. Um, so I stand behind all the companies that I represent 100% and, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about all of them and working with their people and so helpful and knowledgeable and everything. So that's great. I mean, I can't. I can't thank everybody enough for all the support. You got a great, a great team behind you. Mm -hmm. We know the Mitchell family, don't we, Karen? Oh yeah, the very oh, they're very nice. Great. Oh man, we know them through through Pony, through Pony Club. Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, great okay. family. Yeah. yeah, wonderful, wonderful people. Fun fact. Yeah, Lloyd Mitchell is a black belt in jujitsu. So yes. you're no, not going to catch me messing with him anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I'm holding the door for him. Yes, sir. No, sir. That's how I talk to Lloyd Mitchell. So. <laughs> Just kidding. And he's a great guy. That, that is a wonderful, wonderful family. So yeah, it's nice great. that you mentioned those guys. And the fact that we know them, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. So mm -hmm. Pony Club, Pony Club family. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome people. So Jenny, do, uh, you mentioned uh, your your brother handles your social media. Um, do you want to tell our listeners uh, how to follow you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Facebook at Karis Eventing International, or also Jenny Karis. And then I think my Instagram is Jenny Karis1. Um, I think my Snapchat is like Cookie Baker 103. <laughs> cookie Baker. Cookie Baker. Nice. Is that, is that, are you a cookie baker? Is that why? Or? I used to be. Um, it's a very old Snapchat, but I think you can look up my name. If I need to. Um, well, in the United States, that I sounds. Don't understand Twitter. I'm sorry. What's it? I said I don't do Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. I, it's not. I'm not really on. I have one, but I don't ever use it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that the eventing community is big tweeters because we have one too, and it just doesn't yeah. seem to. There's not a lot of action on I Twitter. Don't, I'm like, why does everybody want to know what I'm doing? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm usually like Facebook, and I think I have. I'm in the process of building a website. So, okay. uh, 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 if anybody's looking for marketing help or anything like that, my brother and his wife just started a new business um, doing that, and they're really good at it. They've done all of my videos for my sponsors and everything like that. So cool. Um, I highly recommend them. Awesome. Yeah. What are they called? Are they just your brother? Just Nick and, Nick and Danny um, is what they call it is their names, Nick okay. and Danny. And, um, Nick and Danny. You, can, you know, if to get in touch with them, you can go through me and I can share their information and that sort of thing. It sounds like he'll be the first one to read the message. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll read it first. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. You know, it's funny you mentioned like your cookie baker Snapchat, but like we had Caroline Martin on and she gave us her gamer tag. So she's like, <laughs> she's sitting up at night with a headset on and playing games. So, hey, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I thought that was kind of fun. There's probably some gamer out there like, a fan. It's like, I can talk to her, you know, storming <laughs> yeah. a castle or who, who knows what. So. Yeah. You have a gamer tag. Do you have a gamer tag, Jenny? 
No. Okay. No. <laughs> no headset. No headset. I have no headset. I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Jenny, Karen, what do you think? Yeah, was this, this was, awesome? Yeah, this was great. This was fantastic. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you all the best, and we hope that everything works out, and whatever, whether you get to Ireland or not. Now, now that we know you, I don't want you to go to Ireland, but I, I know. <laughs> Is that wrong to say? <laughs> well, you can come visit. Oh, there we go. Road trip. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. So, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jenny. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to subscribe to Major League Eventing's podcast and give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always contact us at Major League Eventing at gmail.com. Cheers. <laughs>